This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by ASICS, featuring flight foam cushioning for faster transitions and features more recycled content. The all-new Gel Kayano Lite 3 provides you with your most supportive, comfortable run yet. Visit asics.com.au to grab your pair today. Welcome to episode number 258 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us, giving us a bit of your attention for another week. Got a big show coming at you, all the Chicago Marathon news, got some uh, state 10K championships to talk about up in New South Wales and Queensland. Going to try and get Reese Edwards on the line. He was uh, the third place finisher at the Melbourne Marathon last week in 2.14, see if we can get him on. Going to do a shoe review, the Asics Keanu Light number three, listen to questions, moose on the loose. All the things that you expect on this show every week. Introducing my co-host, down in Anglesey, just gone three years since he represented Australia at the 2019 World Championships over in Doha, the only male to represent Australia in the marathon that day, and there hasn't been another male to do it since. So still still carries that title as our sole representative and the only one since 2019. Julian Spence, welcome to the show. Thank you, mate. Thanks for the intro. Good pump up. Was that's just got better. I'll sing about on the like run. Thirty years, Moose. Oregon. We didn't send anyone, so you're still our it's, man, mate. It's it's been long enough now that it's very far from everyone's mind. I was just thinking, no one like like I I serve people all day in the in the store. Well, that's a stretch, but I I serve people in the store and. Um, I don't think anyone even realizes that I'm a I'm a runner anymore. Sure. Whereas probably probably the first year after that, like a lot of people kind of um, would recognize like maybe me or the story, like because I was in Ballarat or whatever. But now I've moved to Geelong. Like, no, it's um, it's like it's 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 just what it is. Three years, it's gone, a past. I don't look like a runner anymore. I'm not a, I don't win races i don't win local races so why would anyone care or know and not um that's fun like i don't mind but it's just Bit sad, it, i think though, we're at it? the point now where it's gone it's disappeared yeah so now i just got to put more memorabilia out to remind people no nah, i reckon what you do rip the poster of ali and Sinead at new york off the wall and get yeah. that one of you at doha on there yeah you know the yeah. one where you're like splashing water over your face we might share it on our <laughs> social media Get that up there. You, you don't have to share that, please. <laughs> I like that but, one. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's been a long time. But um, it would be good to see someone back. I, I, I did listen to Brett's podcast, and he said um, he wasn't interested in going to Turkey, was it? Is that what the next um, one? Budapest, Turkey? isn't it? Bud- 
Yeah, is that in Turkey? It's in is Hungary, it isn't it? Yeah. Hungary, yeah. I always get those two mixed up. You there, he said he's not interested in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he said he's not interested in um, in going to that, even if he did get the time. Yeah. And with the time, yeah. What is it? Two o nine thirty or something, isn't it? Yeah. So he was just out of it. Um, but he'd be even, right for roll down. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, ranking points, that mm. kind of stuff. But um, yeah, like obviously not keen. So. Um, I mean, they just hopefully they just go down to the next person. So if there's like 100 people that aren't keen, maybe you do see some further down the list get a run there. Some Reese Edwards types, you think? Yeah, or Andy's, like oh, yeah. guys that maybe run 211, 212. Yep. Yeah, good thinking. Anyway, I'll introduce Croaks up in Canberra. How are you this week, Bradley? Not too bad. Thanks, Brady. What's been Happy going to be on? here. Yeah, it's good to a see A big you. pump up from Brady for Croaks. Well, oh, I didn't think your little chat at the start was going to go so long, so I had to just keep things moving, and I couldn't think of I'm anything a... off the top of my head. <laughs> I've at least finished a marathon more recently than Moose. Yeah, true. You have. You have. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a bit the same, <laughs> the same boat as Moose, really. Haven't done anything for ages. Actually, I've never done anything, so. The 225 guy from Gold Coast. You ran 225, didn't you? 224. Oh. Yeah, much faster. Jesus Please. Come on, mate. He ran like 2.22. I did a 2.23 time trial. Was it 2.23? Was it that quick? I honestly thought he ran 2.25. Don't really Thanks, pay much mate. attention after 2.20s. <laughs> oh, sorry, Croaks. I don't, I don't pay too much attention after 2.18s, actually. After 2.17.30 or whatever you run. Anyway, boys, we're back for another week. Got a bit going on here. Who wants to go through their running week first? Bradley, you want to go through yours? Uh, yeah, okay. I, um, I had a bit of a mixed bag, actually. Like We've had a shitload of rain here, which um, hasn't really helped with the motivation because uh, I do love getting out into nature for a lot of my runs, um, but we've just had so much rain that, um, yeah, like Mulligans is just completely flooded. And, and unless you want to be running through like ankle, uh, like shin deep water a lot of the run, um, then I've got to stick to the bike paths. But Anyway, Monday was a good day, um, public holiday. And it's funny, on the, the Sunday, bef- so the day before this, I was chatting to Rory and Josh Johnson, and they're like, oh, have you seen any snakes yet? I'm like, nah. And then um, one of my mates was down from Sydney, and I called up with him on the Monday morning. And he's like, oh, did you see any snakes out at Mulligans? I said, oh, I do during the season. I haven't seen any yet. So I went out that afternoon, and so I do two laps generally. And on the first lap, I saw two brown snakes in the space of less than one kilometer. Um, I wasn't really on the lookout for them. And the first one, I ran past, like it was right on the edge of where the dirt track meets like the grass. And I'd pretty much gone, and I was about probably a meter in from that. And um, I sort of ran past and then sort of out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, that's a bit of a weird sort of stick. And then I look back and it was sort of head was up, like, you know, ready to sort of snap if it had to and i'm like oh shit okay i better keep an eye out now so then that's the bit just like where i do a u-turn and then head back along the fence line and um yeah back along the fence 800 meters later there's another one right up against that fence so and that was on my first lap but then uh second lap there was uh no snake sighting so um yeah i've never seen two in such a short space out there before so i'm not sure whether all of this this rain is good for snakes or bad for snakes but um anyway so that was an hour at 4 14s um 
I think I said last week that I didn't feel like I was moving great. Like my back was just a bit tight. I feel like my fitness, like um, I feel like I've recovered fully from the pneumonia and I don't feel super unfit. But when my back gets tight, like it makes me feel unfit because I just don't feel like I'm efficient. Um, So Tuesday, I actually decided just to take the day off, like just to sort of reset. Uh, Wednesday, jumped on the treadmill for a session, uh, did K reps. Um, so I just set the treadmill to 18k an hour, which is 320s. Um, jumped off uh, after each k for a minute. Um, so that was pretty good. Like heart rate was a bit higher, and that's one thing I'm noticing now is that when I was doing most of my treadmill sessions during winter, the garage was like cold. Whereas now, you know, you have a you have a day where it gets up to maybe 15 or 16. The garage is, is like a fair bit hotter than that and you don't really i got a fan but your heart rate still does creep up throughout the session probably more so than when you're outside um but it was it was a decent session uh so then i was behind a day so then um thursday then became my midweek long run so i did 90 minutes uh at four tens actually listened to the jess stenson um interview on uh, the howie games oh that. is that good yeah, yeah, I enjoyed just, it. I've listened to the player profile one, but I haven't listened to the actual episode yet. Yeah, and this this wasn't a very enjoyable run actually. It was um it was quite steamy, so I just, I just wasn't used used to the heat and the humidity. Um, so I averaged four tens for for ninety minutes. Um, I then jumped on the treadmill for my Friday run, so I did eleven uh, k at four forty eight. Listened to the second part of last week's show, the live the live component. Um, I really enjoyed it actually. It's it's nice sometimes uh, not being part of the show and just being able to listen to you guys. Um, so you reckon you'd listen to our podcast each week? If uh, yeah, I reckon I would. Yeah, I guess because I just I get I guess because I'm so no, I would definitely wouldn't do that. Comes the biggest tight ass you've known, Moose. I know that was a gag. Um, but I did enjoy it. So I set the treadmill. Uh, what was it? Twelve and a half k an hour. So four forty eight, and like it. Considering my the first part of the week wasn't super enjoyable, that was one of the most enjoyable runs of the week up until that point. Um, yeah, and then Saturday. Way harder though, Crokes. Like, yeah, it's good to listen to, but way harder when there's only two people there. Gets. It's, it's oh, you're more, right. It's more no. difficult. You got to talk more. God, he can talk though, can't he? Oh, I was pretty much a stand-up comedian up there, wasn't I, Crokes? You hear all the laughs in the background. <laughs> Well, how about last? So last Monday, when you guys messaged me saying, "Oh, what time tonight?" I'm like, "Hang on a second, didn't you guys record the the weekly show yesterday at the live show? I thought I was going to get the week off." Too much stand up. Because that's what we did at the Gold Coast. Yeah, but we missed you. That's why we wanted you back. Um, anyway, so Saturday was my um, was my second session of the week. Uh, jumped back on the treadmill because I couldn't be asked going outside. Uh, and did that sort of fart leg session. Uh, I normally do sets of seven minute tempo, two minute hard, 90 second jog, but I just did six minute tempo, two minute hard, 90 second jog. Um, had the tempo set at 17K an hour, so 330s, two minute hard at 19K an hour, which is about 310s, and then the 90 second jog at um, 14K an hour, which is like 417s. So I ended up running um, 8K. Uh, at 3:30 average for that session. Are you uh, are you presetting that? Nah. So what I do, I have, I so I, I roughly work out what I'm going to average for the whole session, and so I set my Coros up with, you know, like so it's pretty much 17k an hour that I average for the whole session. So I have that watch just running, which takes my heart rate and everything, 
and then I have a Garmin on the other side with the um, session set up so it beeps at me or gives me a countdown of how long I've got for each rep. And then as I get, you know, in the last 10 seconds of each each rep, I'll either adjust the treadmill up or down. So you got three clocks going. You got the treadmill clock? Well, I don't look at the treadmill clock. Treadmill clock, I don't look at at all. And the Coros clock, you don't look at? No. Nah. I just look at that for heart rate. And then yeah. I, I occasionally glance at the Garmin for just a, um, how long I've, how long do I have for this rep? Yeah. If Set I need up. to change it. So yeah, data, it's not too, it's not too bad. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's the thing. Actually, I think the listener question we'll do this week will be on treadmill stuff. But I find just changing the stimulus on the treadmill is the best way to get through a treadmill session. It goes way, way quicker than just doing a straight tempo um, or even just a straight like hour. I prefer, prefer to do a session on the treadmill than a complete hour, a straight hour, because it's just a bit boring. Um, mm. Yeah. And then Sunday, actually, this, this was a really enjoyable run. I am. Um, I hadn't really worked out how far I was going to go, but I woke up on Sunday morning and because and we'd had a few warmer days throughout the week and a bit of humidity around, it was, uh, I think the apparent temperature was like one or something on Sunday morning. And I, I definitely noticed the chill in the air. Um, so yeah, I ended up doing 30.3K at 406s. Um, I, most of that was on the bike path. I did go into Mulligans for a little bit, but it was so wet that I only did like 2K in there and had to turn around and, and head back out um so that was yeah two two hours and four minutes so it was only a week of 112 k with a day off um but i feel like i've sort of turned the corner like yesterday was good this afternoon felt good so um yeah i just feel like the last few weeks it's been that period where you're getting back into it where you're a bit inconsistent um but i feel like i've sort of ironed out all the kinks now with with the body good good sunday good. Mm. If I open it up, will I see a heart rate on there? No. No heart rate. Not one, on Sunday. One, one sixty-five, probably probably the same as my uh, far leg on. Oh, what I average for that? Uh, the treadmill one was like mid one, one sixty-five average for that far leg. You know what I last K uphill three forty-seven. It's working there. Jog, just jogging in. What was the gap on it? Don't have yeah, it. The gap on the run. Yeah, why don't we have that? Oh, he doesn't pay. Just oh, like, just why does not sign up for Patreon? Wears fucking eight watches on his wrist, but won't pay for Strava <laughs> he Premium. Gets, he gets more for free, though, Moose. <laughs> uh, tell us about your week, Moose. Nah, before we move on to Moose, what I wouldn't mind seeing from you, Croaks, just to get a bit of a fitness gauge, is maybe a park run the next couple of weeks. Just put it out there. See how you go. Uh, I think I'm going to go and do a park. I think I'm going to go and pace a few guys that I coach for a park run. It, it sort of. 320s and then kick it home well no i'd run the 5k at, and then i might just do something afterwards some hills or some 30 second reps okay. but no not inter- not not interested in that at the moment i just Mate, need to he ain't running a 5k pb you're not going to see him at True. Park. that's the philosophy isn't it <laughs> that's his rule he can't Pretty run much. pbs he doesn't race need to enter a 50k yeah there you go. Ultra don't, trail race. No, no. I don't don't giggle. That's actually a great idea for you. Mm. I still think that's your best distance. You just haven't run it yet. I think you might be right. Most Canberra so. has the fifty K run. No, they got rid of it. Oh. Yeah. They did the two uh yeah, so last year was the first year they got rid of it. Oh yeah. That used to be the spot to do them. Mm. It used to be back in the day where um you were, everyone ran the marathon, and then there was the option to actually add on the X. So, Mark, so when Mark Tucker broke the record, um, he that's what he did. So he ran the marathon, 
stopped and then somebody said, oh, why don't you like keep going and run the 50K Aussie record? So that's mm. what he did. Whereas in the last few years, it's been a completely separate race. They start on their own. Yeah. And it's a, diff- and a different course. I see merits in both. Mm. Tell us about your week, Moose. Got a bit of mileage here. Got it back up. It's just consistent. It's uh, It was a good week. Felt good. Body was good. So no pain, nothing like that. Just ran half an hour on Monday. Ran the Arvo after Sunday's run. Uh, Tuesday, again, just jogged around town, enjoying just getting out again. I uh, did a little workout Wednesday. I, I went into the um, caravan park and I did um, – Oh, what did I do? I think – let me just go into it. Uh, I didn't name it. Why didn't I name that? I did – I think it was three lots or four lots. One, two – oh, no, I did three minutes, two minutes, one minute, one minute, two minute, three minute, three minute, two minute, one minute. Just a fart look like that when I was jogging in between 60 seconds for every um, recovery. Um, it just breaks it up a little bit, and I knew that I was going to end up – with two three-minute reps in a row. So that was on my mind for the first bit. I actually felt pretty good, except there's a real, there's a massive chasm of difference between running one minute and running three minutes. Um, and, and the endurance factor that you get from more mileage and from doing long runs help you in those three-minute repeats. And that's like this was one of the first sessions where I really noticed the lack of mileage creep in. So I was the the three minute reps. I ran three twenty five, three oh eights, and three oh sevens. Three twenty five was the first one because I'm an old man, and that is about my limit off the off the mark. The two minute reps are in three oh seven, three oh fours, and three oh sixes. And the one-minute reps, 301, 248s. Oh, that was a good one. Uh, and I ran the last one in three-minute case. So, yeah, that was a good workout. I just jogged in between. I started out faster jogs, and then by the end, very much a shuffle of a jog. But good to get through it and recognized, yeah, the three minutes at that pace was a little tough. I can get through a minute or two minutes, no problems. But, yeah, three minutes... Um, hurts a bit more next day 45 minutes around town um, and I thought I'd do a bit of a longer run on the Friday so I did an hour seven which for me is a little bit longer I did 14.3k because um, oh, I ran Saturday Arvo in the new Nike Zagama trail shoe Zoom X it's got Zoom X through it so it's a pretty fun little trail shoe Running the Arvo because I went to Little Athletics and um, took down some spikes and waffles in Geelong. So, boy, Little Athletics, this is an eye-opener, right? You go down to a shield meet, like, an, like you go down to Bendigo or, which you, you don't have, where's your closest, Shepparton, Brady? Mm, yeah, I don't think like they even have a shield there, though. But Bendigo would be, yes. Bendigo, yeah. And how many people you reckon are there? Oh. Uh, how many competitors? 60. 60, yeah. <laughs> so I go down to Little Athletics. It's it's basically sold out. They're not accepting new memberships. There's about eight clubs there, all from around Geelong. They have five to 600 kids there. Mm. 
like across the age groups, it's manic. Like this is this is crazy. This is the most people I've seen at athletics ever. Yeah. Um, it's been going like that for years. They just they're at a point where they can't accept new memberships, and this is why the whole merger between Little Athletics and and like Athletics Australia was was like so debated. It was like probably a year ago when the the vote went up and the board decided against it, the Little Athletics board, because there's 600 kids running Little Athletics in the morning, and then there's 60 senior athletes running in in the afternoon. Like, what is happening to these kids, and why aren't they linking towards senior athletics? Um, it's an eye opener. Mm, no it, pathway. I, I was, no pathway. That's exactly the answer. There's no pathway. They finish little athletics and then senior athletics is a different organization. It requires different um, sign-ups. It's a whole different process, different people involved, different clubs. And, yeah, it's it's very much an eye. Yeah, I have the same experience here. Like Archie and I often do workouts around our grass track, especially in summer. And where, you know, there's, and there's maybe three or four people who are older than 15 that take – running seriously in our town of like 20,000 so you know not a great ratio when there's only three or four of us and then um old jog often on a friday night past this grass oval where they do the little acts and there's like 250 people there they've all got their little uniforms they got sponsors all on the fence like it just yeah. looks like a well-oiled machine and i'm just like hang on how come there's 200 kids that do this but then when it gets to open age in this town there's like three of us. There's not even a club, not yeah. even an open club. I'm like, what happens to all these kids? Yeah, and that they, I so I was started to ask a few parents and stuff like, what what do they like about it? And it's hanging out with their mates. And so if you continue this same setup as they got older, so if AV, I mean AVAA, they link with Little Athletics and provide that pathway where okay, you go from under 17s, which is the oldest age group up higher into under 18s under 20s it's all the same pathway mm. you're going to stay with your same mates going through and you're going to have a lot more incentive to just to keep showing up and it's easier and yeah it's like i know there is a lot of politics at play with the whole little athletics aa merger yeah. i remember following very that tight, trying to like protect it aren't they i think little acts because they got such good product they are. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They've got good product, and they've seen what AA can do to <laughs> can do to things. But also, uh, I think though, there's there's more to it than that because I, I feel like a lot of parents see little athletics as being just good all round development. development. You know, yeah. like yeah. learning learning to run, learning to throw things. But then, as they get a little bit older, they then go into a different like they've learned the basics of how to run, how to throw, all that sort of stuff, and then they go into a different sport. And so every primary school in Australia does an athletics carnival, whereas that probably drops up a bit off a bit in secondary school croaks. Yeah, yep. Like so, it's like something that's like, yeah, you can do this and be good at it when you go to school sports. Um, but to answer the question for me, Moose. Did you make much money? No, it's not about the money, mate. That's why you were there. That's exactly why you were there. If that's it's about providing good advice to young little runners and athletes. Um, so it's not about that at all. Did you wear your own split shorts down there? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I did see a few parents getting around in the two-inch slitties. Um, looked real awkward 
Do you <laughs> want to worry, Aussie? Do you want a way to make some money at Little Ats Moose? Because I saw a fantastic money maker today. I went to the um, regional athletics primary school championships in Bendigo. We took the kids from Echuca down that qualified, and when they walk in there, there's a guy who's got a table set up. Never seen this before, and they're selling hoodies to the people who are there on the day because they've made it to regionals. So it's like school oh, yeah. school sport, Victoria, regional championships. And yeah, all the kids... You've seen that before, bro. I've, I've seen it for state championships, but like region. I'm like, I've never seen it for yeah. region before. And all the kids are just pulling out cash. Yep, my size is there. They sold out in the day. You could only do online orders because all the kids then wear it to school and flex on the other kids who haven't made it the next couple yeah. of weeks. But regionals was that's... never a thing, was it? Like Team Vic gear was a thing. But regionals. Uh, yeah, that's very good, isn't it? I, yeah. Whoever's getting that money is making. What doing. Exactly. Well, there's some yeah. parents that say you got to medal at regionals to get a jumper. I was trying to get a bit of a feed on some of the parents. I'm like, do you just oh, buy yeah. your kids one of these straight away? And they're like, well, if they get on the podium today, we'll buy them one. But we're not buying them one until, if, until maybe if they get to state. But then other parents, it's like, yep, they've got to this level. We're getting them a jumper. Mm. So, yep. Yeah. No, that's... That is a good plan. They have like a little, they have like list all the schools there or something, or is it? No, I think it's really generic. So I reckon there'd be like 10 different regions in Victoria that have their championships before then they go to the state championships. And then I guess they buy the state championships merch as well. Yeah, very good. Whoever's making the coin out of that would be making a lot. Yeah. So Uh, maybe set up some bootleg ones of those and set them up down there. Good idea, that. Sunday morning, I'll, I'll, I'll move on. You will. Sorry. Sunday, Sunday, sun, no, that's all right. We've got to get through it, mate. We've got to, it's, we're talking about little athletics too much. Um, Toby came down. He had a workout to do. He came to Anglesey, and um, his workout was 30K through the hills and then a set, three sets of 2K at 310, 90-second standing rest 1k at three minutes 60 second rest so my plan through the week was to um do his workout with him so i just uh i I went out on the bike with him for the first well it says 22 for me but i left early so i could go get changed into my running stuff um so we went out through the hills behind anglesey and aries inlet and he was moving pretty good dropped me on a few hills as he was running up them and I was on the bike and poor old Hannah's who came with us on his dodgy old mountain bike he was left off the back pretty pretty early um and then we got to the workout so we I jogged a little bit just a a 15 minute warm-up he was I ran out to him as he was coming in from his run and I was going to warm up with him and then I got to him turned around and within about 10 seconds he was 20 25 meters in front of me <laughs> running like 350s and this was just me straight off the bike jelly legs quads were pretty sore and i was running about 520s so i decided to just warm up by myself so I met him back at the car and we um i had to go in and out with him so i couldn't do that full workout i decided to just pretty much jump in when i could so in the first k i did with him uh, we ran 3.13. Then I just like jogged back as he came towards me and jumped in for a, the last section of his first 2K. Um, then I did two minutes of his next K. That was at 
just under three minute K pace. Uh, then I, I did a K with him on the next rep. Um, in the end, he started to struggle towards in the last rep, basically. We, we didn't really get down to that three minute Ks, but uh, it, was, it was good to join him for a workout. I was challenged by the pace for sure. And so I couldn't do the whole workout, which was a shame. Like I would have liked to be able to complete that. Um, but I knew if I had have gone the first set or first set and a half and smashed myself, I wouldn't be able to finish and it would have just been a bit dumb. So I decided to get a little bit of benefit for me and still help him towards the end. So that mm. was the week. He's an impressive yeah. follower on Strava at the moment, Toby. Did you ask him about Road to Valencia Wednesday nights, joining the gang? Yeah, well, I warned you about him. Yeah, but I disagree. I think he's a good talker. I think he can hold a, <laughs> hold a spot on that show. I'll tell, tell you who I feel sorry for at the moment is Ellie Pashley. How oh, is yeah. Ellie Pashley going to get back to being coach's favourite athlete? I can't she's, believe she's got, a, she's got her work cut out for her, I'll tell you. Does he, well, she has he does, to do the work. Does the he drive there, there to be done. Does he drive he down does, just yeah, to train with you? There. How long does it take him? That's 90 minutes. Oh, 90 minutes just to train with Moose. Dedication. He's got a, a group down here. He's got mates down here. It's love both ways, though, isn't it, Croaks? Which I like. I'll tell you what, keep treating Ellie like this, and she'll be bloody coached by Run to PB soon. She will be. Mm. She's welcome. She can be a coach at Run to PB, actually. The Run to PB boys were thinking about buying Run Strong the other day, actually. I just said, boys, settle down. Can't go bloody buying all these businesses. Well, <laughs> let's talk later. Let's talk later, Brady. I've actually had a, few, I've had a few offers. I'll give you a price on it. Put a couple of big dogs together in Australian distance running online coaching. Oh, no, no, we want no part of that. We'll just buy you out. Anyway, that's a conversation for off-air. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, he's going all right, Tab. So did he say yes or no for Road to Valencia? Because I've got to put that panel I'm together sure by Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday sure night. We'll do it, yeah. Well, yeah, then. no, let's do it. I've, he was actually quite upset with how he's being portrayed on this podcast. Well, that's you. That's you. you're the one that's saying that. All I do talk. is talk him up on here. Yeah. You know the best thing about a podcast is no one's there to defend themselves. Yeah. So they're listening to this on a run out in the middle of the bush, just fuming because they can't actually get back. Can't can't get back at you. I'm like me listening to the live show last week. <laughs> it's the best, isn't it? Because maybe like a few days later you'll cop a message and go, "What the fuck was that all about?" And like, he's, he's running along like change topic voice, change topics. <laughs> I'll change topic for you, Toby, because we're going to be talking to you Wednesday night, potentially. Uh, I'll tell you about my week, fellas. Oh, actually, did Toby come off Sunday at the Melbourne Marathon sore, Moose? Because I did. I was a bit sore Monday. Uh, he said he was fine, but it was... I, no, he was fine. Okay. Yeah, I was a bit sore. First couple of Ks of Monday morning, I was like, ooh. Because I think I, I probably... My run on Sunday was actually a bit harder... Well, that was two and a half hours. I spent three minutes talking to people on the side of the road. So it was really a 227 marathon that I'd kind of ran. And you talking me into going hard that last 7K probably didn't help. Like I'd probably never give what I did to myself on on Sunday as a workout. So I was like, I've got to respect this and actually just, just take a few easy days here. Because I did have a workout plan for the Wednesday. But I'm like, nah, I feel a bit sore on the Monday. Just did half an hour. Didn't do an afternoon run because I was a bit sore and I was just sleepy, just tired after uh, the weekend away in Melbourne, the early starts, daylight savings changes, those kind of things. Tuesday, I felt much better. I did 70 minutes at 4.32s and then in the afternoon did 8K, 4.33s. And then Wednesday was the day I had the workout planned 
And I probably could have done it, but I just thought, nah, it's too much like risk versus reward, eight and a half weeks out, 72 hours after a um, pretty solid like Sunday. I just thought I'll just scrap the workout I was planning to do. And I just did uh, those hill reps, what we are talking about last week. Just did 10 by one minutes up the bridge ramp of the new bridge. Still not massive elevation. I really want to do this one day. You know when Strava uploads it and it doesn't show you the pace, it shows you elevation instead. I'm still not getting that. You know what I mean by that? No? You know when you do a really hilly run, Strava will, like their Strava post won't say your pace. Instead, oh, it will okay. show you elevation because you've done. They think the elevation is more impressive than the pace. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, surely this is going to give me an elevation thing, but it didn't. But I was doing about, I don't know how many meters per one minute. Actually, it tells me ten. Ten yeah, meters. Ten. You're doing basically ten meters in three hundred meters. Is that enough, fellas? Well, it's three and a bit percent. That's not much. It shows the gaps pretty solid, though, doesn't it? Two forty-eight pace for a minute. The gap. Well, that's the best I can get around here. That's the only option I've got. But yeah. But that that doesn't seem like very hilly. If you compare it to a hill in Melbourne. Mm, I don't know Melbourne hills that well. Like definitely not Anderson Street. Not that ha- half of Anderson Street. Maybe. Oh, the same steepness. Or what about running up the other? What about going up the other way, like towards like the Melbourne Marathon, like Melbourne Marathon Hill? Oh yeah, similar to that. Maybe like Balti Bridge Hill, but not as steep. Like, but that kind of like just a long burner. Yeah. That's anyway, right. anyway, I'm getting some kind of thing there. I was, I was, I was, yeah, not hurting, but I knew I was working. It was a real like basic kind of session. So that was Wednesday. Got out for an. I was pissing down rain the whole time. That one as well. Just got hammered in the rain, and it was pretty windy. Real tough man conditions out there. Got out for eight k in the afternoon in the rain again. Um, Thursday got out for two hours. 9.55 I went. My mum um, came over and looked after the couple of kids while I went out for this two hours. This was the first week back where I've changed my work days and Carly's gone back to work Thursday, Friday. So a few different um, routine changes. So I got out for two hours, 4.08. Listened to you and uh, Christian Moose on the road to Berlin. That was good. Got me through the first hour. What do you them, reckon of the plans there? Well, you didn't kind of say what the what the plan was in the end, did you? He didn't tell me, did he? He didn't, no. It was a bit, um, yeah. You guys talked about it and discussed it all, and then no kind of, um, you know, announcement was made. So I'll talk to him Wednesday night, and we'll see if we can get something out of him. In the afternoon, I listened to uh, Danger Mouse Cheat Codes. You listen to that album, Oh, Bruce? yes. How good is I it? That's very good, yeah, isn't it? Very good, actually. Very good. It's got better the more uh, I listened to it. I think it was Joe Wood who, on my Strava comment, told me to listen to that a few weeks ago. And thanks for that recommendation, if it was you, Joe. Mm. Very easy listen. Um, then Friday, I got out for 8K in the morning, 4.29s, and then 16K in the afternoon. I don't like afternoon runs that are longer than like 30 minutes, but we got it done. Listen to our Coffee Club, Emma Bates on there. And one thing she talked about on that show was she, I don't know, I'm, I'm not sure which way I go with this um, decision, but she said that she thinks winning a world marathon major is more impressive than winning a an Olympic gold medal in the marathon because in the Olympics, you can only race against three people per country. Thoughts, boys? Disagree disagree yeah i disagreed initially but then i'm like mm, maybe she has a point like there could be five or six kenyans well, 
in a well, world it's a similar argument for world for world cross that world cross is probably the hardest distance global medal to win because you have like six from each country yeah well my argument nah. my argument would be that, that there's not just one world marathon major because look at Chicago, like it's got a split between Chicago, Berlin, London, New York are all in these next four weeks. So yes, you can have more than one Kenyan, but they're not all rocket up to the same one. You and know what I mean? you're getting the top, like on paper and in theory, and pretty much in reality, you're getting the top three from each country competing at those games, mm. at the Olympics. No one dodges an Olympics. What about like, no one's picking world majors over Olympics? I would I would take an Olympic gold over winning a major. Yeah, what about I'd ta- I'd say she's correct if she replaced the Olympics with world championships. A world marathon yeah. major is yeah, harder yeah. to win. Is easier to, harder to win than a world um, championships no, I still, marathon? I still dis- I still disagree Ooh. because these majors like they have sponsors, and the sponsors get to. Uh, influence who gets invitations to the races. Some of the races aren't paying the fees. Say like Kipchoge, his his fee might be a million dollars to race at New York, and New York says no, we ain't paying that. Well, then there's no Kipchoge, right? And they've got a certain budget, and when their budget expires, you're losing the. It's not just you're losing all the people that can show up. So it's it's all. I don't agree with world champs. But world champs got no budget. I think, no, no. Well, that's what I mean. I think world champs still has uh, more prestige and elite field than it picking one world major. Okay. It's good to discuss discuss it. Uh, Saturday, got out and did some uh, strides in about an hour 20. Listen to that Swedish running podcast that Christian's always banging on about, the Camel Evans interview. You know the one, you listen to that, boys? Oh, yeah. I no. It's pretty good. It's worth a listen. And um, Zaka was telling me, because the host of it, they call him Jesus, because he's got super long hair, because he's not going to cut his hair until he breaks 14 minutes of 5K, um, which I thought was pretty cool. So that's his nickname. So Jesus was into <laughs> doing Cam Evans. I hope he doesn't get injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think he's been growing it for a while. I think he's around 1420. So um, he's got a bit, to, oh. not, not a bit to take off, but it's a decent jump from 1420 to 14 flight. So good luck to Jesus. He supposedly listens to a couple of our episodes too. So that's good to know. Got out for 8K in the afternoon Saturday, Sunday. Did um, We had the local fun run on, Sweat versus Steam, the one where we raced the Paddle Steamer boys. I know you like this fun run. Poor guys organising this race. They um, The first course, the course they usually do, the Murray River flooded. So it went over part of the course. So they had to go to course B, which went along the Compaspe River. And then Saturday morning, the Compaspe River flooded. So then they had to go to course C, which was just pretty much like, oh, kind of like up and down. This loop, this 5K like loop around town, a lot of turns in it. So I did um, 24K solo at about four minute K pace before the race started. Um, then chucked my race shoes on and then, yeah, lined up on the start line for the race. A guy from Ballarat was there, Moose, AJ Beer, his name is. I, um, I actually didn't see him on the start line. I had a bit of a look around. I thought this is good. I can probably hover around, you know, 315s, 320s and win this thing pretty easy. Gun goes. I thought I'll just fang the first six or 700 metres just to try and get rid of everyone at about 305 pace. He stuck with me, which got me a bit concerned because I wasn't feeling great with 24k in my legs. And then he went to the front, kind of pushed the pace for the first, oh, I'm going to say, four and a half, 5k. And then 
I thought I'll just put in a bit of a surge 5k into the race to see how he's feeling, test him out a bit. And um, he dropped off there, but he was still pretty tough. I probably put oh, 45, 50 seconds into him in the last uh, 4k. Got the win, which was nice on the home soil. Got to give Hudson a high five coming down the home straight there. Um, and then spoke to AJ afterwards, and he ran a 5k PB through the first 5k of the course. So he um, he was pretty happy with his run. I ran 32.12. He ran, yeah, just over 33. And then a couple of k's cool down to get like a 36.2k morning in. And um, yeah, good to race on home turf. Rarely get to do it. Good to take the win against the paddle stand, my boys. He's up and about about his sweat versus team oh, victory. Yeah. Good he, for the sponsors, this. He'd take that over a world marathon major, I think. I reckon I would. Do you know how many I've won, Crooks? How many of these things do you reckon I've won? Moose, Eight. want to have a guess at it? Mm, six. Eleven, boys. Eleven. Eleven oh, from eleven sad. starts. I'm so shattered. I don't know if that's, COVID good. Know if that's good or sad. I'm so shattered sad. that COVID happened because it would have been thirteen if they didn't have to cancel it for two years there. But anyway, you pro, do you, why don't you program Archie for one? Archie's going to Valencia next weekend, so um, doesn't get doesn't give Stoat a run in these, does he? Stoat's recovering here <laughs> no. from Melbourne, so yeah, those boys. Everyone's um, racing everywhere. Else. The big no boy, big boys go to big yeah. races. Little small guys like me go to the small town races. So um, he has a look. He has a look at the calendar and all of his, all of his local athletes that he coaches, he sends three hours down the road. <laughs> we'll send a few here. Anyway, it was a good week, boys. Got 174K out, which was um, a bit lower than what it has been the last couple of weeks, but, you know, a few, full recovery day Monday kind of thing. And, um, yeah, back to work. Hurt me trying to get to 200K a week. But anyway, eight weeks to Valencia. We'll see what happens next. Shall we uh, thank some Patreon supporters? You guys want to kick that off, and I might see if I can get Reese Edwards on the line. Do you want to go first, Croaks? Yeah. Uh, so I've got Joshua Nishitani this week. Uh, Joshua lives in Auckland. Uh, he's uh, in New Zealand, that is. Um, he's a postgraduate student in clinical exercise physiology at the University of Auckland, and he's also a retail assistant at Shoe Clinic. So another guy that loves his shoes, like the big moose. Uh, I've got some pretty solid PBs. These are all done on the track. Uh, 924 for 3K, 1614 for 5K, 3457 for the 10. Um, he did Auckland half in 2020 in 78.48. Um, unfortunately, I think he got a stressy late August and he's just coming back from that. Um, has a couple of interesting photos on Strava. He's got one of a 20-year-old Henrik Ingebrigtsen and an 11-year-old Jakob Ingebrigtsen lining up for a race together in matching bodysuits. Uh, and another one of Ollie Hall with a beard. It's a pretty cool photo, actually. Imagine that. So 20-year-old Henrik, 11-year-old Jakub, and they've got matching these green bodysuits. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for your support, Joshua. Who you got, Moose? All right. I got Luke Burton. So Luke is from Mornington in Victoria. Looks like he's played some Australian rules football. Not AF... You reckon he was in the AFL? No, nah, just right. Australia, just. Oh, no, right. no, sorry. So, no, just it just plays AF, like just plays Australian, yeah. Yeah, Aussie rules. I'm, we get yeah. to blame Brad from now on for these. He's the uh, Strava stalker. <laughs> um, ran 94 at this year's Melbourne Half Marathon, two-minute PB, very good. Other PBs, 5K, 18.53, Marriott Waters Park Run. Uh, we claim it. I don't know about this Park Run PBs. Hmm. I don't think they're official. 10K, 39.44, Marathon, 3.24, 2021 Melbourne. 
Um, only averaged 10K a week on Strava for the last four weeks. So that was a serious taper and recovery for his half marathon. Mm-hmm. Total of 350 for the year. Mm-hmm. Low mileage bloke, Luke. Um, impressive running off very little running. Yeah, thank you, Luke. I'm going to thank Mike Kendig from Sydney. Not a lot of running results on Strava, but did run 34.56 at this year's Sydney Harbour 10K. Well, he's in shape then. He must be doing some kind of running if he can run 34.56. Has recently become a dad, so didn't run in August or September. Back into it now. I love that. I love when people just have breaks when their kids arrive. That's good. Smart bloke. Chancellor's postdoctoral research fellow at UTS. Whatever that means, sounds something pretty smart. He's interested in the relationship between the foods we eat and the cognitive function. His research uses animal models to investigate the short and long-term effect of diets high in fat and sugar on behavioral and cognitive tasks. Jeez. There's some high IQ people in our patrons. What was that today? Well, you had a postgraduate clinical exercise physiologist, two crooks. Yep, postgraduate student, yep. So, yeah, Thank you for their support. That's what that, their Smart people support our show. Maybe that's a motto we can go with. Be a smart person. Correlation. Correlation. Yeah. Maybe it makes you a smart Maybe it does. Maybe they started listening to us and got smart after that. Who should reckon? Hey, Brady, notice how this week there's no maybe this, maybe that with the patrons? Oh, mate, you haven't put any run. So, yeah, to let people know, Croaks is doing the um, the show notes for the next couple of weeks, and I've never seen this much detail about our Patreon supporters, and then a real lack of detail in the running results. So the patrons are real equal and good here. So that's um, yeah, that's very thorough. Thar- thar- results in there. I had to put half them in there, though, Croaks, I reckon. Half the ones you missed. But anyway, you did a pretty good job here. That's uh, very thorough. Well done. Congratulations. I think I do have our guest here, fellas. Trying to get him in the call. I um I think I've got him. Just let me give me a, give him a bit of an intro. We're hopefully talking to Reese Edwards, who last week ran third position, finished third position at uh the Melbourne Nike Marathon in two fourteen forty one. Pretty impressive run from Reese because he went out in 65. And the most impressive thing about Reese's week, I thought, was he jumped straight back into training. So I've got you there, Reese Edwards. Welcome to the Inside Run podcast. Thanks for giving some time up. Yeah, cheers, boys. Thanks for having me. No worries at all, mate. I was just a bit concerned. Your initials up here on um, Skype come up as LI. And I'm like, ooh, maybe I've called the wrong person, but it's good to hear your voice. How are you recovering? What's been happening since this time last week? Yeah, um, yeah. like you said, I got back into training because I'm actually preparing to do UTA 100. So I jumped on the trails on Saturday and I'm actually a lot more sore from that than I was the marathon. Well, you didn't just you jump think, on the trail. <laughs> you don't think it was still the marathon? Uh, oh, like oh, my legs weren't great after the marathon. It's probably accumulation, a bit of both. Mm. I will just whip through a Strava race. We do do that on its podcast a bit. So uh, Melbourne Marathon the Sunday. I think on the Monday you got out for uh, 21K um, at 4.30 pace. The Tuesday, Jeez. 18K. No, no, Brady, we've got to stop there. The man's run of 2.14 and then gone out for 21K the next day. Yeah, he's, he's a machine. Listen to the whole week, Moose. So Tuesday, 18K. Wednesday, 21K again. Thursday, 18K. 
Friday 16K, and then Saturday 42.7K on the trails with 2,281 metres elevation gain. So he was out there for four hours. So he didn't just get out on the trails. And then Sunday, the day of the Sabbath, where the Catholics like to um, rest, he got out for 25K for a week of 164K the week after a 214. So it's pretty impressive, Reese, what you're doing. Yeah, so to put a bit of context into that, like I know it's silly, and if I was training for like a fast event, would not do anything like that. But one of the things I do is I use running as like that's my commute home. So, like instead of catching a train or you know worrying about parking in a city, I purely just put my bag on. And I work at Epworth Healthcare, and they have a clinic out at um, Brighton. So all of a sudden, my commute home was twenty-one kilometres instead of. Could have been 7K if I was in a different hospital. Yeah, and you're still doing yeah. physio stuff, Reese. Yeah, yep. So I'm yep. working within Edworth Hospitals as a physio. Yeah, cool. Hey, um, one thing we haven't mentioned, though, was Melbourne came two weeks after you ran 2.17 in Sydney, in Sydney which is yeah. not, you know, it's not the super quickest course. But the one thing that's always fascinated me, Reese, like we used to do a bit of running in Canberra, is um, just your ability to recover, like, after Sydney, like, do you pull up sore or after Melbourne? Like, how do you not pull up sore from a marathon? So I definitely pull up, like, sore, but I don't – I guess I'm not overly sore. You're right. So most of the time I could session pretty good on, say, a Wednesday. I think the silliest thing I've ever done was in London after I ran my 2.13 at Rotterdam. Two days later, I went and did my squad session over in London, and I think we are running 1K reps at – 255 and to be fair i've never probably run 1k reps that good in my life so for some reason i just i respond really i don't know i just don't have that same soreness maybe as the average person i don't know why it's a good skill to have uh reese take us back to the marathon last week you went out 65 with that lead pack stream quality we didn't see a lot of you but yeah so tell us when did you drop from the kenyan guys and then were you hurting in the last half there yeah, so at the start line, like I was 50-50 on what I was going to do. Tim Crosby kind of said, hey, the Kenyan fellas are going out at 64. Don't go with them. Um, and then they ended up going out really conservative. And the first 5K, I, I know the markers may have been off. I never looked at my splits. So I was going off their markers. But I think we went through 5K in about 16, maybe 16.05. And at that point, I was really comfortable with them and that's when I was just like I'm 100% just committing with these guys for as long as possible um, and they were just slowly winding it up and just as we hit you could just see the halfway banner ahead of us and I was still actually feeling really comfortable and then two of the Kenyans said to one another they said uh, they were just saying we must go quicker we must go quicker we're slipping off pace they, and they started running they instantly it was like five six seconds per kilometer quicker and at that time i knew i'd gone out way too quick for my capabilities but at the same time i've i've been in that situation now about five times so i knew if i i knew i could get to the finish line if i didn't fade too much um and overall i i was hurting i'm not gonna lie um and the tan absolutely destroyed me but I've done marathons like Rotterdam when I ran my PB. I hurt a lot more in the second half. So um, the the solo second bit, I was kind of just running almost like a tempo feeling more so than like race pace. You said to me afterwards that you thought this run was better 
than Rotterdam. Even though it wasn't as quick, you thought like the, I guess the execution and I guess maybe the difference in the course that this was worth a quicker time? Um, maybe not so much the execution. It was probably more so my build-up into this one. Um, before Rotterdam, I'd actually been at altitude. I had my legs up for like a couple of days beforehand, whereas this time around, I've just been, you know, running home from work. So I think it was more my build-up. I didn't expect to be within a minute 20 of my PB at all. And, of course, on the course, it's being slower, spending half the race by myself. Like Rotterdam, I had people around me to 35, 36K. So when I say it's my best marathon, I think it's like if you put all aspects together between how I train, my build-up, working, like I worked a full day on the Friday, up on my feet all day. So I think it was kind of more of an approach like that. That's why I, I do think it's nearly one of my best ones. On the day, maybe I didn't execute it the best, but um, yeah, I think it was still a really good run. Yeah, I thought it was a real like outlier for your season, to be honest. Like you've pretty much done, I think you've maybe done all the AV races minus uh, Jales Park in the first round and then maybe the Tan Relays in the last round. And um you know, you've been you've been solid, but I don't didn't think you were kind of in that two thirteen two fourteen shape, and then you've come out and absolutely smacked this. So, is that just like because you're training through um, heavy load when you're doing the AV races over over winter? Or do you think you turned a bit of a page in the last couple of weeks? No, I think like I never turned up to a single AV race fresh, um, and maybe Albert Park I tapered in a little bit because I was hoping to go quicker there. But most of the AV races, they were part of 160K weeks. I was still sessioning probably on the Thursday, probably running nearly 20Ks on the Friday and then running AV on the Saturday. So uh, I was definitely turning up with heavy legs and it was all in mind that I was going to run Sydney and Melbourne marathons. But I still think I I have come into shape as the year has progressed. Yeah. Hey, um, Reese, do you reckon do you reckon running Sydney Marathon two weeks before cost you some time out in Melbourne? No, absolutely not. So I actually think my training, the one thing I lacked in my training, was I didn't do heaps of real long, far as as many long and fast sessions or long runs as I would have liked. So I think running Sydney, like, don't get me in Sydney. As soon as I knew I was going to be running most of it solo or the entire race solo, I was I wasn't ever running like completely flat out. Um, in Sydney, I was trying to tone it back a little bit. So I think Sydney, I think I got a lot of benefit from Sydney for Melbourne. Hey, Reese, back in, oh, Moose, you go, I've asked heaps of questions. Yeah, um, talk us through this trail stuff, mate. Like, you obviously like it. I know you went to Tarawera um, one year. I remember that because Watto was over there for that race. Um, and then you did that very long run, like 70K, which at the time, I don't think any of those crew realised what they were seeing <laughs> in in that race. Um, uh, you obviously love going longer, love going up and down hills. Yes, the very long run was pretty funny. So I, I got to the finish line and the organizers was like, oh, like they seemed pretty suspicious, I think, initially. And they're kind of like, is it Dion might have had the course record? And they're kind of like, oh, you've gone half an hour quicker than the course record. I was like, no, I promise I did the whole course. Like, <laughs> I, I like I can run. Like, you can Google my results if you like. Um, yeah, you're, you're six, six or seven minutes quicker over the marathon. Yeah. Like, I, 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 <laughs> here's, here's my Strava. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, I think yeah, eventually I can't. I still don't know if they really know my accolades or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the, the trail stuff—it's kind of. I feel like I'm in an awkward position with my ability because I feel like I've overachieved at the marathon. Like they, my marathon is an outlier compared to my short abilities. I don't know how much more I can get out of the marathon. Maybe if the stars aligned, I could become you know a 212 type guy, but. You know, that's what's that going to achieve at the end of the day? And I, I love a bit of adventure. I love getting out there. So I'd, I've always thought that it'd be nice to do some of this long trail stuff while still feeling like I've got some speed in the legs. Well, what do, what do you want to do with it? Like, what's the goal with um, with the trail stuff? Where do you see yourself? Well, it's it's hard where I see myself until I do UTA. I could go to UTA and have the worst day of my life, which is probably highly likely. And just never walk on another trail again in my entire life. <laughs> when so is that, it? When? It's in three weeks. Three weeks. So yeah. there's a possibility that would happen. But, I mean, you know, if, if everything went perfectly, I'd like to be that Australian guy that can turn up at UTMB, Western States, and Australia can have a genuine guy that, you know, is challenging to, for the podiums at those types of events. But I might be completely unrealistic there. That's exciting, though. That's exciting. Hey Reese, move to Melbourne. I know we spoke at the start of the year about you were trying and trying to find some training partners. There's a lot of uh, pro athletes, I guess, there that don't have to train around work. How have you managed the Melbourne scene? And have you enjoyed the AV season down here? We kind of take a lot of pride in that Victorian winter. Yeah. So Melbourne running. The one thing I've learned with Melbourne running is it's too professional for me. So everyone just trains at like 10 a.m. on a Tuesday and Friday mornings or Wednesday mornings or whatever they train. It's during work hours, which is something I didn't encounter in London. I was fortunate enough in London to have a a squad of blue-collar guys who can run 28 minutes for 10K to 11 for marathons who were happy to train at 7 p.m. at night. So that has been a struggle in Melbourne. So I've been doing everything completely solo since I've been here. But AV has absolutely saved me and I put all my results in these last two marathons to AV because having a race every two weeks, that was like, you know, my real hard workout. So I've really loved being part of AV and I love just turning up and, you know, I'm never going to win any of those races, but you just go out and smash yourself every two weeks and you know you're getting a hard workout. It's, it's so good. Have you heard from uh, Geelong Cats? They're trying to do some recruitment for next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they've hit you up in this trade period. Like, is that a bit of cash in your pocket there, St. Stephen's? Zero dollars. Yeah, I don't know about that. You were, like, carrying the team throughout the winter too. Like, you'd think some of, um, you know, they're regulars, but you were kind of the star of the show, the new guy they brought in for the season. Yeah, I wouldn't say that, but I, oh, I had no idea what... AV was going on. Then I was traveling, moving down to Melbourne. I stopped in at Canberra, and one of the fellows I know in Canberra, Alan Craigie, his brother Kevin, he's part of um, St. Stephen's. So I caught up with Alan for a coffee, and he goes, Oh, who are you running with in Victoria? I was like, I don't know. And he goes, Oh, I'll message my brother. So that's how St. Stephen's came about. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll chat are, later. are you happy there? Like you committed to him for 2023? <laughs> right, I've had a great time there, really good group of people, so it'd take a lot to drag me away. I'm a loyal man, so hmm. I'll, I think I'll be bleeding red, white, and blue whilst I'm in Victoria. Oh, doesn't sound a good move. Yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't seen the offer yet. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions for him, boys? What date's UTA? 
UTA, it's the Saturday, maybe the Saturday of October 28th, 29th. I'm not sure the exact date. Okay. Um, going to roll any, around quick. Any chance it gets washed out with all the rain they're having? Have you heard any updates? Honestly, I haven't been following it at all. I'm kind of just going to change that mindset this way. I've got to organise some mandatory gear and stuff. I, Yeah, I'm not sure. The weather sounds like it's been pretty bad. So, I mean, if it got washed out, to be honest, I wouldn't mind too much. <laughs> hey, then... Reese, just just quickly, like this long stuff, because I, th- I think you told me when we used to run together that, you know, because, you know, you used to do lots of other sports. Did you play hockey? And then you used to, I think you told me you used to go out for these massive long rides back at home and, until you basically bonked. Like you've always been a bit of a, um, I guess, an, you know, an endurance guy. Like, d- does that help you now with these longer events? Yeah, so you're right. So like, I remember at 18 years of age, I rode 500 kilometers nonstop on a bike. Uh, so, and it, I think it took like... Because uh, it could. Man, I don't know. When I was 18, I think I liked bikes more than girls. Um, so I used to spend all my time on bikes back then. Um, I don't know. I just was always fascinated to just... I, it all came from cycling. I went through a three-year period where I just would go out every Saturday. I would get up at 3.30 in the morning and just ride for eight hours, 200 kilometers type thing on like... I think I got to a point where I could do it on about maybe two gels and a, and a bottle of Coke. I could ride for eight hours. So I, I felt like when I first started cycling, I would have to have a gel. Like, you know, if I went for a two-hour ride, I'd feel myself bonk without a gel. And I got to the point where I could ride probably six hours and not bonk. So I think having that at a y- relatively young age, doing that silly stuff, I think it's definitely helped, like, build this big capacity for marathons. Mm. What are you doing? What are you taking the marathon now? Do you still do you do full nutrition and stuff? Yeah, so that's changed a lot. So when we did BWA, I had no idea what I was doing. As I think I had like uh, electrolyte tabs or something. I didn't even really have anything in BWA. But so I I have um, I put Morton bottles out and I, I try to do it properly. So every 5Ks I'll have like a mouthful of Morton. Yeah. Just no a one. mouthful. Just a mouthful. Don't, 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 don't <laughs> overdo it. Try to do it properly. Yeah, I mean, what's, I mean, yeah, I don't, because if you overdrink, that's when I feel like I get stomach cramps and have issues. So, I, yeah, I'll probably underfuel. But, yeah, I'll just do a mouthful. Okay. Like getting, maybe a mouthful I, I, and a half. I'm getting lots of blue collar yeah, vibes, so Reese. Just, mm. you, you're a throwback to the 70s, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, shame I can't run like the boys in the 70s. That'd be the dream, wouldn't it? I love, I'd love to be able to run sub two ten, but it's never going to happen. And why did you give away this fucking trail stuff? Mate? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, mate, I let, give, let me have one bad race on the trails and I think that'll be done. No, I think this is the future. Because you think about it, Moose, if he can convert this to the trails, this is like contract yeah, fans, Instagram followers. Like this is his, his a name in the sport all of a sudden. But you're kind of that, at that mark running 213, 214 when it's like hard to make a team with that. If you do make a team, yep. do people even know you? Do you get any sponsors? Like I think this could be the one. Yeah, Sorry, you're exactly right. Because like a two thirteen guy is two twelve guy. Even to be honest, a two eleven guy, even two ten now is absolutely nothing. Like you're going to be need to run, you know, two oh nine thirty if you want to make a team. I'm never going to make a team. Those boys are so much more, you know, they're more disciplined. They're willing to put more into their running. They've just been doing it for longer and things like that. So I'm never going to make a team. So I'm just in that awkward spot where do I 
commit the next five years of my life just to say, hey, I've run 212 to 11 or do I do something completely, you know, silly and, you know, that might be a bit crazier but, you know, I can still maybe run 212 in the future and travel, you know, to some cool locations. Yeah, I like it. Mm, yeah, it's good. You could do well out there, I reckon. I reckon you got the setup for it. You're just dumb enough to be good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> He's a physio. I take that as a compliment, mate. <laughs> You're yes. a good man, Reese. Do you know how smart uh, you have you, to be you, to be a physio? Yeah. Oh, not very. Okay. I always thought it was. Any more questions for him, boys, before we let him go? No, just thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate you giving up some time. Yeah, you're a no. legend, mate. All the best because yeah. it's a, all the best with the recovery plus the build towards UTA. Yeah, cheers, boys. Thanks for doing everything you do for the sport of running. Cheers. Thanks, mate. Talk to you soon. Catch you, mate. This month's episode is proudly sponsored by ASICS. The Gel Keanu Light 3 shoe features flight foam cushioning with added emphasis on the forefoot to provide comfort and create faster transitions in your stride for a lightweight, stable feel. It also features a new unique midsole construction that provides lightweight cushioning and reliable stability. The Gelkiano Light 3 Recycled Mesh Upper is kinder to the planet with at least 70% of the shoe's upper made with recycled polyester materials by weight. Visit asics.com.au to grab your pair today. All right, boys, we're on to some uh, running news now. We've got the Chicago Marathon that happened in the early hours, didn't it? Was it, or maybe, was it 10 p.m.? It was about 11, oh, it was a bit later than that, I reckon like 11.30. You guys didn't stay up for it, did you? No, nah, but I, um... I woke up at like 3.30 and I, I couldn't help myself. I did uh, pull out the phone to check the results. Oh, did you get back to sleep okay? Well, I struggled a little bit. Yeah, I thought about it when I also woke up at about 2.30 and I'm like, don't check, don't check, just go back to sleep. Uh, we'll talk about the Aussie there first, Pat Tien, and he was 16th in at 2.11.02, went through halfway in 64.35. And then faded a bit the last 7Ks, was kind of running 315, 3.18 pace for the last 7K. Puts him the second fastest debut ever behind Jeff Hunt, who ran 2.11.00, and just in front of Jack Rayner, who ran 2.11.06. So, boys, what did you make of Pat Tiernan's race first up? Well, I didn't watch it, so I, don't, I didn't see any footage of him. Um, all I see is splits right now. And, I mean, it just... <laughs> It looks like he, he went out for it um, and he's learning the marathon. That's pretty much what this is. Like, we know, we know that most people, like, well, fr- from what I looked at back when um, I looked at the ladies, our top sort of, I think it was our top 10 ladies, the average of their best marathon was number five or six that they run. So a debut, I wasn't expecting him to, to break 210. Um, I, I predicted 211 flat to to our group, not this group, another group. Oh, he's done um, it again, Crooks. Another <laughs> accurate, mate, was, another private accurate prediction. Moose is, is the type of guy that the lotto, uh, lotto numbers come out on Tuesday yeah. night and then Wednesday morning says, boys, I had all of those. I just didn't put a ticket in. Watches the Melbourne <laughs> Cup the next day. That was the horse up. I was going to back. Sports bet, <laughs> open me up. Nah, I... Um, Two eleven was it? That was his. That was what I, I reckon. I literally asked you before I went to bed, "What's he going to run?" And you did not write in our group two eleven. Oh, he, he said over two ten though. Oh, yeah, but that doesn't mean two eleven. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the message. <laughs> I'll screenshot it anyway. Anyway. Anyway, um, I, I, you like 
it's rare to see that. Well, we've never seen something under two eleven on debut. So I just went with the odds. But he's obviously um, trained well. I saw a few little quotes about his training. You posted that in the group, Brady. Mm, the Athletes um, Australia article. If people want to check that out, sounded like he went in well prepared. Yeah, suggested he'd done the specific work for it. Uh, but again, learning. Like how I spoke to someone else who ran their first marathon on the weekend um, back at Melbourne, and they. They pretty much said, like, I had no idea what I was supposed to feel like at 20K or 25K, 30K. Like, I don't know if this was too hard, if I'm supposed to feel better than this, when am I allowed to start pushing? And and these are the same things that elite professional runners have to learn themselves as well. Craig, any comments there? Well, just for your first marathon, you probably never get that close to the fire in training that you're ever going to feel what it feels like in that last six seven k and yeah. you know that's pretty much what pat's got now so he, he knows what that's like but i have no doubt like he'll break 210 um you know you po- a, yeah. possibly next time he runs one you get a lot of feel for the pace you have to try and run on race day but you never feel what it feels like past 30k in the actual race um benson kipruto he won 204.24 abby walk also, oh, Sefu Abiwaktura from Ethiopia was second in 204.49. And John Korea from Kenya was third in 205.01. So some quick times up front. Beautiful weather by the sounds of things. Maybe a bit of a tailwind early. Connor Mance, he ran the second fastest debut by an American in 208.16. Mm. He's just young too, isn't he? Like maybe first year out of college, first year pro. Yeah. I think he was at college for a while, though. So I think he's, you know, 25, like 25, 26. So still not old for a marathoner, um, but he's bloody strong, isn't he? What, like did he just keep, keep failing subjects at uni or something, did he? No, I think I think because of COVID, they allowed oh, people yeah. to have longer time at, at college. Connor Mance, wasn't he BYU? Yeah. Yeah. So they those guys go on missions as well. So they're allowed like a, um, like it's like a two-year mission where they go over to Africa or whatever. Um, and it doesn't count towards their eligibility. So they can come back two years older than, than a lot of other mm. of their competitors. Did he do but that? They can, I'm pretty sh- sure he did. And uh, he's been running big mo- – because they also don't train on a Sunday. They always have one day off a week, and he's been running massive miles, but those miles have been in six days a week. And he's, seven. A, he's a like known killer across country too, which generally converts pretty good. Is he on Strava Croaks? Do you know where you're getting this mileage stuff from? Oh, I just heard, I've just heard like um, stories and interviews where you know he's been running, I don't know, like 200k a week or 180k a week in six days, sort of thing. Like, he's yeah, got he's, it all he's, on he's, Strava. He's, he's a high mileage. There. He's a high mileage guy. He said he hit the wall at 25.2 miles yesterday, but still finished well. Mm, yeah, don't quote me. Don't quote me that he went to those missions. That just can happen. Yeah, okay, <laughs> just cover that. Story of the day, though, was the women's race. This was, um, I just went through Twitter this morning and was just playing some of the commentary back. Ruth Chepnagetich from Kenya, the world champ, I think, Moose, when you were at Doha. And then she was second at the Olympics. She ran 2.14.18, second fastest time in history. She went through the first half in 65.44. I think she was ahead of Pat Tiernan for, like, the first 5K, maybe. I saw a tweet from Kyle Merber. Um, she went through 5K in 15 or 11. And then... Um, Jesus. Yeah, she was flying. Emily Sisson was second. She broke the US record in 218.29. And 
And her splits were amazing, actually. If you want to look through her 5K splits, check that out for sure. She got it right. And third was Vivian Girono Kiplagat from Kenya in 2022. Fast on the women's side as well. 214.18. That is... And she would have broke. I reckon she would have broken the world record had her pacing been a little bit better. Because she was only like the world record's two fourteen low. Um, I think she was so, only four know, seconds off, wasn't she? Uh, maybe a bit more than four seconds, but like you know, maybe ten seconds. But fifteen eleven through five k, like that's two oh seven pace, I think. So you know that surely that had to have cost us some time at the back end. Reckon if, yeah, she's really banging some time there, though, hasn't she? Like she was on tour. <laughs> Two eleven thirty through half. Yeah, so you got to think like well, she only lost that, three minutes. Yeah, it's not a bad but I think if she paced it a bit better, she could have broken two fourteen. Yeah, that's pretty cool. See Chicago happening, some fast times all around there. Emily Sisson as well, two eighteen. What was her PB before that? Do you know? Uh, she had only run a couple of marathons. I think one of them was like the US Trials, maybe 223 or something. Yeah, they were talking about that on the same Coffee Club episode with Emma Bates, weren't they? Yeah. She'd, yeah. Um, she'd only run a couple. She's quick over 10K as well. But just the ability to convert. Yeah, she's ran 30.49 for 10K, um, 67.26 at Valencia in 2020. So, yeah. That's amazing. Anyway, it's good running over there in the States. Take us domestically. Um, Croak's going to tell us something about 40 years since Deke won the Com Games gold in Brizzy. Yeah, I thought this was worth mentioning. It was, it was on social media over the weekend. So on Saturday, which was the 8th of October, it was the 40th anniversary of Deke winning the um, Brisbane Commonwealth Games in 1982. And, like, the only reason I brought it up was, you know, he ran 2019 in Brisbane in the start of October. And as we know, like Brisbane's not a, like, it's, you know, it's not Berlin weather. It's not Chicago weather. It's still pretty warm and humid. And here we are recently talking about Pat and Brett and we know how incredible they are. And here's Deke running 219 in Brisbane. 29. Sorry, 209.18 in Brisbane, no super shoes and a bit of heat and humidity. So pretty, um, pretty incredible. It's pretty hilly that course too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's just very, a very iconic event, you know. Um, yeah, I was too young to obviously – like, I was alive, but, I, you know, I was too young to watch it, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that were, were inspired by that run. Yeah, I did see that flicking up. Moose, tell us about the state 10K champs, New South Wales and Queensland, had theirs over the weekend. Yeah, so we'll just um, do the winners. I think there was torrential rain, so hard conditions. Drew Fryer won the men's 30-43, and in the ladies, Imogen Gribble – ran 38.25 and then up in Queensland oh is that Queensland below? Yep. yep. Um, Gus Gannon um, he's under 20 he won the men's in 30.31 and in the ladies it was a faster than New South Wales 36.17 from Caitlin McQuilkin Bell who's potentially New Zealand there as well She's, oh, yeah. she from, she's from New Zealand. Hmm, just thinking that. Anyway, I'm sorry. We've only got those results in front of us here. But um, maybe she's living up in Queensland, registered for the New Zealand club. Not 100% sure. Uh, shoe review, boys. The ASICS Keanu Light number three. Massive thanks to ASICS for sending us this shoe to test out. Moose, where's it sit on the wall? Who's this shoe suited for? What do you know about it before we get into our experiences with it? 
Uh, yeah, so we actually did a review on this on Shoe Geek. So if you want to hear um, Nita and Tommy and myself discuss it, then head over there. But it's a lighter weight stability shoe from ASICS. It uses a um, geometry style support system rather than a dual density post. It's got a pretty broad um, midsole. So when you look down, there's a lot of flaring, which is that big footprint. That's what gives itself, gives it the stability. It uses flight foam. So one density of foam throughout the shoe, which creates like a smoother feel underfoot. I know sometimes like when different shoes layer their foams, um, or use like sections with different densities, then it can feel a little clunkier. Um, whereas this is one block of foam, which tends to be a smoother uh, transition from, from foot strike to toe off. It's relatively light. It's not super light, but um, that's also what makes it more stable probably to have, it, have that foam there like that is a little heavier. It's got a pretty strong heel cup. It's 275 grams for men, and the heights, like the stack heights and stuff, aren't accurate from ASICs because they don't include the, the sole or the, um, like the outer sole or the inner sole. So it could be up there around 30 mil or so, which isn't overly high compared to other shoes. Um, it's 8 mil offset. The big play with this shoe is how sustainable it is, like in terms of. Um, how it's manufactured. So 50% of the shoe's upper is made with recycled materials. Um, that's, that's, its, that's its thing. Could be a silly question, Moose, but what's the difference between the Keanu and the Keanu Light? Is it just a weight thing? Um, no, it's, it's a good question. Okay. Um, the Keanu still uses like a medial support or like dual density foams. So a higher density foam underfoot to um, on the medial side to give a little bit more support. It actually uses like even the Keanu is is changing now um, to be less controlling, but it's still more shoe heavier, um, higher offset suits maybe a, a higher higher mass runner. Um, Keanu lights perhaps better for someone sort of not as much load going through the shoe. So those footy boys will still can wear their Keanos, um, but if they like a lighter feel, then Keano light's still there with some resistance for a foot that pronates more. Yep. Croaks, what have you been thinking about it? Putting some um, case through it? Yeah, so I actually wore it today, not for the first time, but wore it today. And, um, yeah, like I, I wear this mainly when I feel like my tib post is getting a bit angry. Uh, and... You know, a few years back, I used to go and buy a separate pair of shoes for, like, the stability um, for my tib post, and they used to just be so clunky. I felt like I was actually, like, wearing shoe boxes, um, whereas, like, these days, like, these shoes still have the stability, but for me, they're light enough that I can still get rolling. Like, you know, I ran four tens today um, for my hour and felt like I was moving well, whereas back in the day I'd feel pretty clunky trying to run that in the old stability shoes. So that's what I love about them. Yeah, it's in my rotation for those easy days as well. Um, and a bit, I was I kind of, the other day, Saturday I had them on, I wasn't feeling great and I actually thought I was running a lot slower than I was and then it's what you get home and you're like, oh yeah, that was 425s but it felt like 445s. Mm -hmm. um, a nice little shoe you can just put on for those easy days. It's in my rotation now for that 
that 60 to 70 minute day, maybe after a workout, maybe the day after the day after a workout before going along again. Um, and yeah, one I'm really enjoying as well. I didn't know all that stuff about the sustainability there, Moose, but that was good to know. Um, and the shoelaces, there's something, I know I just ask you random questions about shoes when they come in here. It's a lot different than shoe geeks. Does something different go on with the eyelets here? Like it seems like it's, maybe it's more of that um, wider footprint. Maybe that's what you're getting at. And then it feels like when I do the shoelaces up, it's wider across the top as well. Am I onto something? Uh, what do you mean wider across the top? It just feels like where you're doing up the shoelaces, like the shoelaces take up more of the front of the, or the top of the shoe than they do on other pairs of shoes. I know what you mean. Like it's a, um, it, yeah. So the, uh, the eyelets is where the shoelaces go through. It's a wider vamp. Is that what that thing's called? That area is called a vamp. Yeah. Here we go, Croak. There's a new word um, for our vocab. (laughs) If you have a wider vamp, you'll have like less mesh on the outside and the inside and more obviously like the laces will come across wider like you're just like you're talking about um yeah it could be that it means there'll probably be less puckering one thing that's um puckering. oh yeah so one thing that's uh like most people that in store they put this shoe on and they're like that's comfortable around the foot so the upper is really nice material mm-hmm. and it tends to be a, a pretty good fit for the majority of feet we put it on, um, which is always a good sign. Where does this sit? Because I've got a few shoes in my rotations from ASICs. Where does it sit with the Nova Blast, the Gel Nimbus Light, and the my favourite, the Glide Ride? Well, they're all so different. Are they? Probably. Okay. Um, the two that are similar are the Nimbus Light and the Nova Blast. Like, put them in a little package because they've got the they've got more cushioning like they're softer uh the nova blast is uh, more cushioned than the nimbus light in my mind i think it is but much less stable a bit more dynamic nimbus light more stable lighter weight uh than some of their other more cushion neutral shoes but definitely more stable than a, a nova um the glide ride is stiff and rocket designed to unload the foot and ankle joint um oh well the foot and the ankle um very rocket it's got a nylon plate in it so super stiff tends to we tend to use that as like a therapy shoe in a store and then um the kiano light sits kind of at the other end of the wall it's the closest to the nimbus light except it's got geometry that's like a little bit more supportive gotcha She's a bit too this shoe game, isn't it, Croaks? There is. A bit too. I thought I was figuring it out then, too. Well, it's not really. Everyone follows. Well, ASICs are a little different how they've kind of segmented their shoe categories, but there's like a formula that everyone follows, and they are like like how you just describe, how you just ask that question, how does it fit in? Like these brands ask themselves that question before Mm. they even make the shoe. They go, how's this going to fit in? And then um, it's our job to learn how it fits in and to bring it out for certain people. Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask it because we see it like it seems to be, I'm sure you you know it as firsthand, but there's just so many options. Yeah. Um, so it's good to know that like either this is an option with these ones, not with these ones because that's kind of a different category you're looking at. So it's good yeah. to know. What's it retail for, the Asics Kiano Light 3? Oh, jeez, you're testing me. Is it like 260 270 It's 270 Um So it's the same price as a Kiano. Okay. Is that a bit of a reduction too? Didn't it used to always be 
like that was the most expensive shoe, the Keanu? Yeah, so the the Keanu has been two seventy, I reckon, since I started working back yeah. in two thousand eleven. Inflation doesn't exist with the Keanu. Well, Asics have done well to maintain their prices like mm. this, but there's other brands that haven't listened to like that have just gone bang bang up 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 up. Um, whereas Nike, it's like Nike and Asics have done quite a good job at maintaining their prices. Something to look out for. Massive thanks to ASICS for the uh, Keanu Light 3s. Check them out. We'll put a link on our social media, I think, a bit later in the week. Thanks for carrying us through that review, Moose. Listen to question, Croaks. Uh, yeah, before we get to that, though, one more bit of running news. The 50K world record oh, was yeah. broken um, by CJ Albertson in the US. He ran 2 hours 38 and 43 seconds, which is basically three tens per kilometre um so that's flying i think uh so the equivalent marathon pace basically going through a marathon sub 214 and continuing for 50k oh i thought it was 212 he went through he might have went through that but that's what the average the average average pace is yeah oh geez impressive Um, that that's like that's that's a ultra record or that's an ultra run i could get around that one yeah But, but we've sort of been saying it for a while like you know, as soon as you get somebody who's, you know, run a pretty quick, like, flat marathon, have a crack at these 50K world records, like, it, the times will come down. So he's run um, he's run 210.23 at Boston. Um, yeah. yeah, so, Jeez. you know what I mean? Like, he does Ken, that off the front too, doesn't he? He won. Was he him. was in the front until, yeah. like, 25K one year. Yeah. yeah. Finished seventh at um, the US trials on that hilly course. I think he ran 211. Oh, you know, wow. In, yeah. In um, Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so no, yeah. Dad, he knows what he's doing, this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so listen to question. We've had a couple come in about treadmills recently, so I thought I won't read both the questions, but essentially um, the one that I've got here, I've recently had to start travelling for work to some hot climate countries and we're doing a lot more running on treadmills. What are some tips to get the most out of treadmill sessions, jogs, workouts, and how to best stay motivated? Are there specific ways to set the machine up for sessions? If you do extensive treadmill running, can you lose conditioning or get injured on the roads more easily? Um, well, Brady, you don't run much on treadmills. Nah, uh, a couple of times on holidays in the last 10 years, but yes, I've got nothing to add here. You two boys can take this. Any advice you've got first, Moose, for treadmills? Doing sessions or running on treadmills regularly? Oh, I put it up to 1% um, just because it seems like it makes less noise when I do that, like it's less clunky and like apparently it's the same sort like they did a study back in the day it was the same sort of effect on um like the 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 lack of wind resistance on the treadmill if you put up to one percent it's the same sort of effect on your running economy yeah um yeah so for me like if i'm if i'm doing sessions and as i said earlier in the show i much prefer doing a session on the treadmill than just a consistent you know 60 70 minute run because i'll do my 20 minute warm-up jump off change shoes do my session jump off change shoes do my 20 minutes so it takes the boredom out of it a little bit when i'm doing my sessions um the two ones that i generally do are you know intervals of three minutes to six minutes i keep the treadmill running at the same pace i just jump off you know basically put my hand on the handles put my feet on the the sides and then i get off the treadmill walk around for an hour up for a minute 
um, often take a drink, especially once it starts to warm up. I find your heart rate can really um, creep up. So, you know, having that one minute break just keeps the heart rate in check. You can have a bit of a drink. Um, so that's for my interval sessions. If I'm doing a continuous, like a, like I tried to do tempos on the treadmill, but a 30 minute tempo on the treadmill, I, I just got bored. So I started then doing that fart lek because once you change change the stimulus every you know, two to seven minutes, it makes 30 minutes go a lot faster. Uh, in terms of conversion from outside to inside, um, I always feel like I'm running faster on the treadmill. So for example, if I'm doing K reps on the treadmill at 320s, it feels like I'm having to run, it feels like my leg turnover has to be a lot faster on the treadmill than I would for outside. That's why I, I use the heart rate strap. So I try and just keep my heart rate similar to what it would be outside for those sessions. How do you guys go mentally on that? What do you think about? How do you get through oh, that? That's the worst part. You need a treadmill. screen. You gotta have a screen. Yeah, a screen. Um, I have a I have a playlist going for my sessions. Um, that helps. Uh, for my easy runs, I, f- I find the treadmill helps me focus on form a little bit more. For some reason, I like I know the treadmill pulls your leg back, and you're probably not using your your hamstrings as much and things like that. But for some reason. I get a better feel of where my foot's hitting the ground on the treadmill than I do when I'm outside. Um, so I often just focus on form. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's like, well, it's no different in a long Like if I'm out on a long run, it's like, what do you think about on a long run? You just, you know. Um, yeah, so like, but I, as I said, I, I get bored if I'm on there for more than an hour in one go. I don't know how people do two hour long runs on there. I'd struggle mm. to do that, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. Good chatting about some treadmills. Uh, Moose on the Loose, purchase of the week. Oh, um, yeah, today, just a recent one. Um, the AFL Draft Camp 2K time trial was on. Hmm. Explain, 2K. Explain this to overseas listeners. Oh, overseas. So it's like a draft camp. Like everyone's got it. It's like they go there and they do jumping and running and sprinting. Like, you know, the NFL has one. They go to draft camp and they do that what is it the uh 10 meter dash or something and they meter is that what it is it 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 um well, they probably do a 10 they probably do a 40 as well <laughs> they've got a few tests they do and um they have in the afl one they have the 2k time trial so they do that around the track keep in mind 2k right so this is just five laps around an athletics track well one kid went out too hard and he was struggling towards the end. And one of the guys that was obviously behind him, um, he he helped him into the finish line. But the carry-on in the comments about how this was super dangerous for this and there was no like me- no medical attention immediately given to the um, to the kid who who had gone out too hard and how he was stumbling across the track and he he was in danger and and no one was helping him <laughs> can we understand what's happened here a second this is not the hawaiian iron man and when someone's like purely depleted dehydrated like dangerously close to death this guy's run four and a half laps around the track <laughs> he ran too fast he's having to slow down and he's honestly like he's he's probably never dealt with this type of um lactate build up before that he's having trouble getting his legs going this is not dangerous 
this this is not somewhere where we need to roll the ambulance out and we need to fire medical staff or whatever. Can we just like let people find their limits without calling up some like calling the ambulance for it? Oh, the problem then, is the problem is though, Moose, this, this, and posting this, it. This article is on like mainstream media, so most of the people that are probably commenting don't do any like athletics or any yeah. sport. So that's probably the problem. What about the this comment is, from this, Colleen here? Can I read this one out? This is about the person who stopped and helped him get over the line. What a hero. Reminds me of the Olympic Commonwealth Games with John Landy and Roger Bannister. <laughs> and in brackets, she's got may not have been those two, I stand corrected, many years ago now. It was... <laughs> Colleen, she's actually the yeah. magpie. She's got one of those go pies things at the bottom of her display picture, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, the kind of people we're attracting in our club. Okay, so... It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't Landy and Bannister, for starters. But she's, no, could be, the Olympics. Could be a good strategy for that guy, though, that helped, because he's like, well, I'm not running a real quick time, yeah. but so I might as well stop now, and then it gives me, like, teammate bonus points. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, club, club might want to pick me up because I'm all... About the team, great for him. He got he came off the absolute <laughs> hero in this when he was yeah. running a very slow time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it was. It's just a little bit soft at the moment. I reckon. I don't reckon Cancorns are like that. Oh no, that might be on the volcano next couple of weeks. You reckon? Oh, uh, there is no volcano in summer. Oh yeah, volcanoes. Maybe over. you can do it on his radio show. Cornsy, if you're should listening, write, get I him in there. Call in. Yeah. He does talk back. I should start calling him. <laughs> you would be the perfect old guy calling in too and talk back, just whinging about stuff. I'd just oh. him up. He's... I love that. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's it. I've bought some dog stuff lately. Jesus, this dog cost me a fortune. I had a professional dog trainer come down last week. Oh, did you? Come down yeah. from where? Melbourne. Winch, Winch, you'll see. Did a one-on-one session. One on one personal. Uh, it was very good, actually. An hour, very insightful. He's he, he he just showed me like the basics. We discussed how it was similar to running training, very much a an art versus science with the dogs. Like you can read all the books you want, but until you see a dog in front of you, you really don't know how to act, and you got to learn the dog. You got to learn the athlete. Yeah, you could have just watched a YouTube video on that, though, couldn't you? What it cost oh, you to mate, get him I've down there? Watched all the YouTube videos. Algorithm sending a few at your way. What's how's, um, uh, how's how's Bree dealing with all of these purchases? Any uh, any strain on the marriage? Doesn't like the dog. Um, <laughs> the dog trainer came in and encouraged her to come and do some training, and she just <laughs> stared at him. <laughs> oh, What's the, a dog you know, trainer cost you know, most for an hour? That'd be a good two hundred bucks, wouldn't it? One fifty. One fifty. Yeah, that's not too bad. One fifty to travel yeah, down there as well. Right. Yeah. I can see where this is going, Moose. Bree, Julian, you have to choose. It's either me or the dog. Well, I like this dog. <laughs> I put a bit of effort into it. Let's I'll move. have to bring it to a race and just, I want to show off how good he is. I'll do a little. Um, Start like an Instagram tech. account for it. That's where you're going to oh, get the likes. Yeah, that's good, actually. Mm. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. Um, Competitive now, though. Like. Yeah, dogs on Instagram stuff. Like I follow a few, and they put like videos and music and shit. It's uh, it's it's a bit of work. I reckon they do it full time. Carly's sister does one for her dog. I think the dog's got more followers than she does. I reckon it's pretty. What's like, its name? What's, I don't, what's don't the know. handle? Not sure. Don't follow it. Don't <laughs> no. follow it. 
Uh, the dog's name is Mango. Not sure exactly what the handle is, though. But anyway, this isn't a dog podcast. Uh, what's coming up, boys? What do you got coming up, Croaks? Uh, I think I'm going to meet a few boys down at uh, Thoroughbred Park tomorrow for a session down on the horse track. I haven't been down there for over a year, so it be good to sneak on there and do a few laps. Yeah, good. You're back at work this week? Yep, yep. back today. Went back today. Back on the chalk. Moose, what have you been yep. doing? Or what are you doing? This week? Yeah. Got a um, Pia's birthday party on Sunday. Oh, that'd be good. A few cans? Yeah. Nah, no, nah, I'm going to run after it. So I'll be kicking everyone out after a couple of hours. There'll be a time limit on this house. Yeah. I'll, I'll, set, I'll set an alarm. You here past two hours? We're sorry, we've got to go. It's like the old COVID rules. rules. Remember that? When you, had, when you wanted to go out oh, for yeah. lunch and you needed a booking for like an hour only or whatever? Perfect. Strange what about times. you, Brady? What's your uh, what's your big marathon workout this week? Mm, I haven't written it yet, Croaks. Got a couple in there. Just going to wait and see how I feel later in the week. Meant to be a bit of rain Wednesday, Thursday. Going to do some 1Ks actually Wednesday. That's locked in, but not sure about the big one yet. See how I'm going later on the week. Um, but I'm going to be doing Wednesday night. I think I'm calling it Road to Valencia with Christian and our other co-host, which I haven't locked in yet. Got a couple of DMs to shoot. My man Toby, Ben Parks and I have made a bit of contact. Nothing locked in there yet either. I think it was a bit of a surprise for him when he heard his name mentioned last week. Possibly getting involved on this program. And then I need to find my replacement boys on here for the next couple of weeks. I've got two guys. I'll, um, I got two, got one girl, one guy. I've got up my sleeve. So next week you'll be hearing someone different. You two boys will be there. And then I'll be back after uh, Valencia, I reckon. Good plan. Real good plan. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to you guys. Call me in one week, can you? Like we just do with Reese Edwards. Just call me in for 10 minutes. I'll just miss, miss you boys after a few weeks. Hey, you'll be calling in like a callback radio person. Are we doing that, actually? I won't be able to stop you. I'm surprised Brady's actually going to give us the reins. Yeah. No, no I'm just... Because it is, it is his baby. No, I have it this week. I let Croaks do all the notes. No, I've got some... I've just got busy life stuff going on. Anyway. So I'll be there Wednesday nights, but uh, yeah, I'll miss all the listeners the next next ten weeks unless you're on Insta- uh, unless you're on Patreon. Hear about it over there and do it all again next week, boys. See us later. No interview this week. Yeah. Might get one in the next couple of weeks. So we just did Reese Edwards. Yeah, well, I meant like a long interview. Reese was good though. I like that. You should interview him. I do like the little interviews. They're much easier on our time. The little pop up guests. I've got a few people to interview. We'll see what happens there. Right, yeah, let's end the show. See you, boys. See ya. See you, guys. Special thanks to ASICS for sponsoring this week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast. Lightweight and stable, the new Gel Kayano Light 3 is made with 70% recycled polyester materials by weight to help you put your mind and your runs at ease. Visit asics.com.au to get your pair today. It's all the same, I'll